you're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means I have my good friend and co-founder with me, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Man, I think you went through like 27 different voices just right, just now. It was like, up and, and this? Yes, it was. And, and, and it was quiet for a second, and then it came back out to introduce me. Your friend and co-founder and co-host and just good old buddy, Nick Bugs. What's up, folks? Yeah, I have to work on my voices because I have a face for radio. So, you know, I can't have... That's what they say about me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, you know, I need, to, I need to, you know, work on my deep voice. I get, get really... <laughs> that choice is scary, bro. Don't do that. Get really low and creepy. See how I'm looking through the top of my yeah, eyeballs yeah, at you. Exactly. Right now. Yeah, I don't like that. It's creeping me out. But I can go really bit. high, get it exciting, adventurous. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's an indie talk. Hey, and we could just get. I can. What's that? The uh, podcast fry. That I need to work on. I'm not good at podcast fry. They call it podcast fry. Have you heard of this? No. What is that? It, it's the way every person on serial talks. The serial podcast or any podcast like it. Yeah. Like if you or, or like uh, think about like any podcast let out by NPR. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, it's funny that you say that. There's a sound. Yeah, right? they, they, it's called yeah. podcast fry, and it's kind of like, gosh, I wish I could imitate it. It's it's so annoying. It grates on your <laughs> it, it grates. It gets under your skin, <laughs> but only if you know they're doing it on purpose. And then once you find out they're doing it on purpose, and they don't actually sound like that because you hear them on some other program, you're like. Fuck, man, that is, <laughs> that is super annoying. Wait, wait, you, gonna, mean that, you mean that soft tone thing that they do with their voice? It's soft. It's like and breathy. Then it's, and then it's a little bit cracky. No, it's more yeah. cracky than breathy. Cracky it's kind of like, it's kind of like, and she didn't want to go to Afghanistan. I don't, <laughs> even know how to, I don't even know how to do it. That was like really bad. But like, but like it's cracky. It's slow. It's, it's, right. it's, it's it sounds like the words are going to fall apart. Like a, like All a right. dry cookie. Yeah. Next and, time we're, we're going to do this, man. We're going to make it work. Yeah. We're going to listen to yeah. a bunch of podcast fry and do it. But, but we will talk about things today that people do intentionally and why that could be a problem. But before we jump into uh, talking about our topics today, what I'm excited about is that it's festival season. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're going into uh, well, I should say festival season for bonsai. A lot of the festivals we attend and go to or are a part of are coming around the corner, or have been delayed because of COVID and are coming around the corner because of that. So, um, really excited about it. Uh, we've got the Defy Film Festival coming up here uh, this Friday. So that that one we're going to have a live table at. It should be awesome. 
Uh, we're going to be interviewing people, uh, like a man on the street style thing. But uh, that one starts. That's a that's a horror festival, Nick. That uh, is small, but if you have these unusual horror films, they take these on, and you will see movies you've never seen anywhere else at this festival. Um, it's happening at Studio Six One Five in Nashville. It starts on the twentieth at five o'clock. And I think they'll do the 21st at 1.30 p.m. So it's just a two-day festival. And we're going to go down and, and be on a panel at the Knoxville Film Festival on the 19th of September. Uh, and then we have NAF, September 30th through September 6th. So the Nashville Film Festival coming up. Then we have ActorCom and FilmCom coming up after that. Uh, and there's one more I'm not thinking of, but uh, that happens in October. Oh, Memphis. Memphis. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The Memphis Film Festival with with uh, Knox Shelton and, and Miriam Bell. That's going to be fun and, and wonderful to go to as well. And it's just going to be great to like actually be in person for a festival again. Um, we weren't completely anti virtual festival, which almost all of them were last year, because we talked about how there were upsides. Yeah, there are a lot of upsides, for uh, sure. especially around networking. Yep. But there is something magical about and irreplaceable about human to human contact. And um, we, we've always talked about the holy grail of marketing is word of mouth. Word of mouth is is not as valuable on a comment board as it is in person. Um, it, we talked about, um, this earlier today in conversation we had, Nick, like there's something more valuable about having someone ask you, what's your favorite movie of the festival and you telling them, then having them type that into a chat. It's almost, it's almost throwaway. It almost becomes forgettable or, you're in a chat and everyone responds and now you have a paradox of choice. Whereas when you just meet one person or two people at a festival and they tell you, Hey, you have to go see this, like which happens at every festival. It's like you go see it. And like, it's just the thing you just turn around and go see it. Why is that important? Because it's great for the filmmakers. It's great for yeah, filmmakers. There's, there's no energy in a chat anyway. You know, you don't get to feel and exchange energy in a chat. So yeah, it's, that's why it's great to be back in person, but you know, even back in person, isn't quite the same thing. You know, the, some of the festivals aren't necessarily going back to full force just yet. Right. Cause people are still, you know, concerned about Delta and other things. So it's like, uh, do I go, do I not, you know, do you offer a virtual option, right. To expand your audience of those folks who couldn't make it or won't, don't want to make it. It's, you know, we're not quite back there yet, but the fact that, we can go back in some capacity. It definitely is um, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I was going to mention with Defy though, you mentioned like it was a horror festival. I think that's how it started. Right. But I think they've expanded where it's just like the idea of the festival is to, you know, defy the norm. I think that's the idea. Like they want Great stuff point. that is just, yeah, just different. Right. So it, it started there, but it's expanded. I think they have a, a comedy slot that comes in on, I want to say Saturday, but 
yeah, it's, it's different now, right? It's, it's expanded and, you know, they're doing a lot of good work on the programming side. Of course, we know some of the folks who are doing that work for them, but yeah, they're doing a lot of really good work in that, in that space. So we're extremely proud, you know, of them and really all the festival, you know, the folks that have the festivals because last year was tough, man, to make it through that successfully. Yeah. And then to plan again for this year, like, you know, kudos to all of them. Yeah. The fact that they're doing it because it's not like, you know, NAF has a giant board and a big budget Mm -hmm. and they're, they're going to do their festival regardless. It's like a it festival, but, but defy, you know, there was a real question, you know, can they do this another year? That's right. It's such a small team. There's like four people. Um, and they did it. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. And and we're going to be, uh, super pumped to be there. So if you want to come see, uh, at least one half of Bonsai come to Defy this Friday, starting at 5 p.m. And come by the table. Come see, say hello to us and say hello to the whole team at Defy. Uh, they're wonderful and they're doing doing a, a great, great thing. Um, I wonder, Nick, how we will look back on this time. I've always said that there are going to be a hundred books written about the coronavirus and these pandemic times. And, and we don't know what's around the corner. I mean, the, 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 the reality is, is, is we think, we think one thing's passed and yet another shoe drops, right? Whether it be a new variant, whether it be something about climate, whether it be war, whether it be terror, whether it be, you know, the, all these things keep happening one after the other. And you wonder if you're sort of ever free of the news cycle, if you will. It's like the news cycle is almost controlling how business operates today. But I do wonder how people will look back on this uh, pandemic in in general. Um, And and will it be perceived as polio or, or the Spanish flu? Or will it be more perceived as something less than that, more than that? Um, you mentioned the Delta variant, which is why what made me think about this is like, you know, 50% of people plus have one shot um, or 70, I'm sorry, 70% plus have one shot, 50% have two. Uh, and people just want things to go back to normal and they're willing to do whatever it takes. Um, there's a lot of rhetoric and it's been made political. It shouldn't be political. But the problem with Delta, of course, is that it's, supposed to be as, as viral as chicken pox. So, uh, contagious as chicken pox. So will people take the same risk of getting sick as they took earlier in the year, going to the theaters, uh, even if vaccinated now, <clears throat> there is some data showing that like your SARS cov V2 antibody level post vaccine is a predictor of a breakthrough infection but that's still emerging sort of data, but it will affect the theater business, which was just getting its bearings. So if you look at um, theater numbers from, I want to say July, they were at about $120 million that month for box office. And just, and I would say it's because of Delta. Yep. Yep. For sure. In August, in August, (laughs) it is, it has dropped to 70, 1 million, something like that. That's a, that's a huge, it's a $50 million box office drop. 
Um, who were the big losers? Suicide Squad. That was supposed to crush the way that Black Widow crushed. And, you know, it's different. You know, when, when the infection rate was one was was 2.1 for every one person, meaning, you know, that's the infection rate for, for uh, COVID-19. I think people were willing to take that first weekend risk and say, okay, I'm going to go watch F9 in the theater, but I'm not going to go a second weekend. Like, I'm not going to do that word of mouth thing, that holy grail thing we just talked about where I go tell my friend and then I go back and watch it with them a second time. I'm not going to do that. And we can see that in the numbers. Like the second weekend drop off rate is for, for top films is at 67, 68, 69%. These are massive compared to, to years past. It's like, no, consumers aren't willing to roll the dice twice. They're not rolling the dice on their health twice. Now with Delta, they're like, ooh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to roll the dice even once. And so the, it's a big the, concern. The, the, yeah, hybrid, I mean, the hybrid model is going to stay around for a while. So I guess my question to you is, is how will we look back on this time? And, and, and what do you think is going to happen with these movies that want to be sort of theatrically exclusive for the remainder of the year? Yeah, I don't know about exclusivity. I think that's a... Um, and I guess it depends on the window of exclusivity. I think the windows aren't going past what 45 days or is it 60 days for some 45, um, 45. Right. So it's, it's a short window anyway. Um, the theater business is, you know, like, I don't know if it's the brother or the sister of Hollywood, but it's family. It used to be right? the father, you know, but I think it might be the, uh, it's family. Right. So like, I think what's happening is that you might be seeing that, you know, you don't need that relationship, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'm gonna go live my own life over here. You know, I'm gonna go live my own life in streaming world and I'm not going to hang out with my, my brother anymore. <laughs> but if I do like, like he's not going to eat, right. He doesn't have a home. Like he's, he's got nothing. So I think that they're trying Right. They're trying to make it work out because if, if they didn't go there, then what would you watch in the theater? Like what would be there? You wouldn't go. It would shut down. Yeah. So it's like they're trying to save, like do their best to do that. And, you know, $120 million isn't, you know, anything to scoff at. Right. It's something to keep them afloat, keep them alive. Yeah. They have the 1.7 million in box office so far this year, which is, yeah. I think is fantastic. Right. So even if the weekend numbers the following weekend aren't great, hey, that's enough to keep them going. Right. And, and keep the movies coming out and. So I think it's, you know, as we're looking, like you said, what is it going to look like when we look back? I don't know. We'll see if um, we can get, you know, the virus under control. And like you said, this, if nothing else crazy happens with climate or anything else that keeps people at home, you know, maybe there will be a resurgence of the theater. But we don't know. Like, so that's the challenge. We have, we have no clue. And then, you know, the contracts, you know, what do those look like for streaming versus... Yeah, because, you know, what happens if the theatrical is not as beneficial to the actors, right? Like what happens then when they're like, wait, 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 you go straight to streaming and you charge 30 bucks. Like there's a lot more money in the pot there. And there's a lot more people. They'll say, that's the deal that we want. What if they get to press, right? Enforce the conversation a little bit, who knows? So it's, it's kind of difficult to say like, you know, what is it that we're going to look back on? We're going to look back on it based off of the outcomes right? Mm -hmm. What the future of it looks like. So if the future of it is positive, we'll look at back on it and be like, oh, there was a positive outcome. Um, but we don't know. I don't know what that future looks like yet in that space. So it's, but it's interesting. I know that I'm not going to the theaters yet, bro. Like, it's just one of those things where like, 
and and it's weird though. I think it's not because of COVID, but it's just like you become become accustomed to doing it at home, yeah. right? Like the whole idea that like I, you're I okay, like you're okay with it. I can pause, bro. Like I can pause and go to the bathroom. You know, like you know. Here's here's the thing. We were watching as a family um, Jungle Cruise the other day. Yes, right. I've, I've also and seen the Jungle Cruise. Of course, because you have to. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no choice. Like, you have to watch this movie, right? At least you have to buy it. So that's what I did. I bought this movie. Man, seven minutes in, my kids were like, nope, we don't want to watch it. We're done. Wow, really? Yep. Seven minutes in, they're like, I don't know. We're not interested. Let's watch something else. So I was like, wait a second. I paid $30 for this movie. <laughs> I was just close to be like, yo, y'all gonna sit down and watch this movie. You gotta watch every $30, every dollar of this movie you about to watch. You take but your I belt like, off. All right. Oh, man. I just grabbed a switch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told my son, beat your sister with the switch. And then <laughs> gave it to her and said, beat your brother. <laughs> so I was like, exactly. Like, Wait a second. So anyway, but if we were in the theater, can you imagine, right? If we had driven to the theater, bought the tickets, bought the popcorn, bought the drinks, bought the candy, did all the things, sat down, and then my kids were like, nope, we're not into it. We're not going to do it, Dad. Seriously? Yeah. But at home, I just turned it off, right? Turn on the next thing. Happy family. Happy family, but not a happy, not, not a happy dad. Uh, Man, $30. because this is this is a thing that that happened. Everybody has a story about a movie they would have walked out on if they didn't pay for it. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And, and the yep. theater experience is one where it's one, it's not easy to walk out on it. And two, there are things happening around you in the theater that make it worthwhile. So, you know, I've I've, I've told you the story about going to see snakes on a plane. Where the kid. Beside me, there was a tweaker beside me before the movie started, and he was shaking uncontrollably. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I, eventually I got worried for him, and I turned to him and said, hey, man, are you going to be all right? He said, <laughs> he said, my balls have ascended into my torso. <laughs> I can't wait for this movie to start. And I was like, yo, marketing it's is really yeah, effective. It was, and probably because he got that voicemail, bro. Yeah, you probably got the voice from Samuel L. From Samuel L. Gotta watch this motherfucking movie. (laughs) So and so there's that. Then one time I went and saw um who's your boy? Um uh golly was married to Drew Barrymore for a little bit. Uh was super huge for a while. God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Comedian. Anyway, he had a movie called I'll think of the name and say it'll come to me. Uh, he had a movie called Freddy Got Fingered. This movie, oh man, yeah, was I'm, like, terrible. Yep, terrible. And by Act Three, it went from terrible to like some realm of movie making I've never seen before. Like things just stopped making sense, and I wanted to walk out of that one. And I hung on. I kept hanging on because, like, I paid for That's this. Right. Yep experience like i'm going to stay in the theater i'm going to see this through (laughs) but many people walked out like there There were several people that walked out especially as the title of the film became literal and at the in act three and i just think 
Uh, Tom, his name is Tom Green. Got it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, he was married to her, wasn't he? Tom Green. Yep. That's crazy. I'm a fan of his too, by the way. But Freddie got fingered objectively, hilariously, like bad. It's buffoonery. It's it's so bad. It might be good if you're high. Yeah. <laughs> I could see being high and like watching that and be like, oh my God, this movie is so great. And, and so that, but regular, no, no way. But, but there is something about the theater. Um, you go there, you get a snack, you get, you get popcorn, you get a hot dog, whatever, nachos, whatever it is you do. You usually go there with a big group. Um, it's a shared experience. The sound and the visuals are, are premium. It's better than what you're going to get at home. Typically, uh, by far, it's a, in some cases, for some people, it's if you go to an IMAX, for example, it's it's an order of magnitude better in every way than your home experience. And so you're really going for more than the movie. Now, when you go, they're serving you food, cocktails, everything. So you could actually go there and have dinner. And the dinner isn't that bad, frankly. I've had it. I've probably eaten dinner at the theater now while watching a movie. Ooh, four to 10 times, like somewhere in that, somewhere in that <laughs> in range. range. It's, it's a probably big gap there, but you know, and I'm the guy who went and saw Tenet three times in the movie theater. Right. Uh, yep. in, in like sort of in the heart of COVID, like, so sitting so, there by yourself. Yeah. Well, no, I was with, I was, I was with people every time I, I drove very paranoid people into right. the theater with me every time. And, and that says a lot for how much they care about me because they were, they were not super happy about going, but then they, we, they watched it with me because we want to die together. together. <laughs> um, Delma and Louise. Um, so, so I, I think the theaters have a shot in, in that regard. But you need better news. You're right. And I just I don't know. I just think about how we look back on it in the sense of what will we what will we know in five years has changed forever? And will uh, theaters be one of the things that we now know has changed forever and that the day and date, the hybrid release, which has done really well for Disney in particular. Yep. Black Widows at eighty one million dollars. Um Jungle Cruise rushed out to $35 million in its first weekend. Um, we know they're going to succeed. Warner's sort of bleeding cash right now, but but I think their strategy was just slightly off. Their contracts are bad as well with sort of um, back end with, with actors and, and named actors and talent. But anyway, um, in, in general, it's, it's like this, this hybrid approach might be the new DVD. Yeah, I think it is. Right. Like, like, it, solves, like it, it solves the problem yeah. they've been trying to solve forever, which is like, how do we get 20 to 30 bucks for a, in a separate exhibition for films? Now, the problem is it's not a separate exhibition. So that's why it's not exactly. Yeah, but I bought that Jungle Cruise DVD. I took it out the wrapper. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's out the wrapper. And, and nobody played thing. with it. Yeah. And I can't take it back. Right. There's a, like a no re- refund policy, you know, from from where I got it, which is, you know, through Disney. And it's like, that's it. I bought that DVD. It's going to sit on there. I'm, I'm going to watch that movie. I'm going to yeah. watch it, you know, about six times. 
to get my $30 worth, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna watch that movie, but yeah, I think that's it. That's the DVD, man. Just get people to buy it. And then once that DVD run, right. has run its course, then you just make it available. Um, but I think it's, it's a pretty cool thing. It's, um, this like the human psychology of it, right. It's like, especially with kids, you know, it's like my, uh, my kids would be like, man, you know, my, our cousins have watched Black Widow and we haven't seen it yet. And if we go over there and talk to them, they're going to spoil it. We have to watch it this weekend. If we don't watch it this week, it's great. It's awesome. Right. It's just yeah. the, the psychology of it is like, like, why would people pay for it if they're going to get it for free in like three to six months? Well, because spoilers and friends who've seen it and all that. So, you know, it's just it's a great it's a great thing. It's a great idea and it's working. Right. So I think Whoa. that's where we're going to go. I think that, again, if they're going to try to keep the brother alive, right, like keep the theater alive. And like you said, there's there's an experience there that you cannot get at home. And, you know, I don't want to say that. Like, so for me, I mentioned being able to watch these movies at home and I've got, you know, I got great sound. I can I got a great TV or a screen or whatever. Not everybody has the same stuff that I've got in my you know movie watching. Like same thing for you. Right. So not everybody's experience is, you know, surround sound at home. You know, not everyone's experience is a larger TV or a screen. So they need it. You know, people need that experience and not just for the the food, the drink and the camaraderie of going with the group or whatever, but it's like, they want to experience the movie as it was intended, which is again, why it's these big Marvel Disney type movies that are going to the theaters because you have to be in that kind of, ex- in that space to experience the movie you can watch it on anything right i don't honestly i would love to find out the numbers because i'm sure someone knows like disney knows how many people have watched avengers movies on a mobile device right yeah you know i bet you that number is like statistically low Mm -hmm. right but you can watch a drama right on a mobile device you don't need all of the sound and all the stuff right you don't need the screen so that's why i think there's always room for the theater so i think yeah it'll it'll survive but i think this the drive will be towards this hybrid this hybrid model for sure right watching how people consume content is really the the holy grail which we've said a few times in this conversation already unfortunately but it really (laughs) it it really is the the uh, zenith it's the it's the it's the hidden gem. It's it's the it's the thing you're looking for to, to see how are people consuming of different ages and groups and backgrounds. That's right. yep. How are they consuming content and what kind of content are they consuming? I think Netflix figured out that people will binge dramatic episodic shows on their laptop, tablet, yep. or phone. That's right. And so that makes that work. Um, and I think movies not so much. And, and we talk about, you know, it's good for these streamers to be able to sell their movies at home and be successful doing it. And it's good for independent filmmakers and everybody alike because movies still get made, even though less movies have been made this year than, than in, you know, let's say before the pandemic. But if you look at the bad of it, it's like if theaters aren't able to survive, there creates that creates a massive snowball effect that affects the entire industry. It affects, um, you know, the cost, the budgets that movies have. If like, if Hollywood ends up having the same problem independent filmmakers have, which is getting fair market value for their films, then the unions have to change everything about their contracts. 
about their daily minimums, about, you know, health care. Um, if you think about theaters, they're kind of the last outside of Costco and Sam's clubs and BJ's they're kind of the last big brick and mortar place, like massive real estate holding places uh, that are still in retail business. Right. So now you have this big, massive real estate holding you can't do anything with. And, and there are a hundred other things I didn't mention that would be affected by theaters not surviving. Um, it's, it's a really big deal for the movie business. It's just not, and it's not something anyone should be rooting for or hoping for. People should go out to the theaters and patronize yep. them, you know, if, if they can. I do also find it fascinating that sporting venues are not having the same issue as theaters. I just find it fascinating. People are rushing out to go watch a football or basketball game, um, you know, there's limited tickets. They're always sold out, but then the movies are not. So it makes you wonder, is it, is, is there more to it than, than just COVID? Is it the, is it the type of entertainment? Is it the fact that one's typically indoors and one's typically outdoors, the size of the place, like the ceilings higher, <laughs> like, you have a better no, chance think, to social distance at a sporting yeah. event than you do well, at a theater. Uh, I, think the, I, 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 think I don't the, know what it is. I think the social, there's a bigger social aspect to sporting events than there is to the theater. Right. And there's also like, you cannot get, I mean, near the experience of a, of a sporting event at home for right. that particular reason. When you go to a sporting, when you go to the theater, you might go with a, your family or a date, right? It's like, you're there with them. You're not really there with everybody else, right? You, you're not, again, you might be there at the same time, but you're not with them. Mm -hmm. When you go to a sporting event, you're with them, yeah. right? You're wearing the jersey of the team, right? That you support, you're with everyone, right? And it's a totally different experience that you have at a sporting event. So I, th I think that's a, a big part of it. It's just not the same. So I was thinking just, you know, when you were mentioning that, I was the thinking. The only thing close to it is probably when I went to see Passion of the Christ in the theater. There you go. Everybody was on the same team in that the Same theater. team, yeah. <laughs> People yeah. were weeping and like yeah. getting but really so, weird in there. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so I was going to say, I was like, you know, I don't know if, I, I guess everything is possible. This could happen. Maybe theaters, and again, a lot of theaters share space, you know, with other places, but but some don't, right? They mm -hmm. have their own dedicated parking lots and stuff. Mm -hmm. What if they started tailgating for movies? Interesting, interesting. So you had a you start to throw a party. Mm -hmm. This is now. Hold on, Nick. This is a good yep. idea. This yeah, idea man. has this idea has merit. <laughs> it so, has legs. So you have a tentpole movie. Yep. We have a Marvel tailgate. It yes, kind of works like Comic-Con. There you it's, go. It's like uh, come dressed up in your weirdest shit. That's right. Uh, we're going to have cheddar kielbasas for you. Yeah. We'll, we'll we're going to have we'll a eat, rack of ribs. Drinks. Yes. We're going to have vodka. We're going to have a, a, a spigot of, of vodka ready for you. Just put like, your mouth under it. Right. right. And then <laughs> uh, and 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 we'll have music. Yeah. 
Just have fun, like tailgate the movie, you know. And there'll like, be like buffers outside, but instead of like uh, uh, like a porn buffer, you'll have like a buffer that just kind of gives you like little glimpses of the movie here and there. I don't know. There's like all so, different ways to do this. So the only way that it would work. So and I'm of course my mind is like going keeps now, you hyped right? up for the film the whole time. So exactly. you stay sober yeah. enough to walk in. Right. So what's what's going through my mind is that in order to make that work though this is the unfortunate part is that so the reason it works for a sporting event is that there's only one event at a time so the people who are coming there are coming to stay for the most part for that sporting event the difference with the theater even though it's possible the logistics change because the movie is on for two hours at a time Mm -hmm. the people who come then leave for the next block of people who come Mm -hmm. So if you tailgate and you're just hanging out, you know, there might not be space because the previous people are still watching the movies, right? So like, how do you make the space in order to spend that time to tailgate? But there's gotta be something there. Like you can spread the movies out, but like, I'm just thinking, man, it's gotta, like, there's gotta be a way. Like basically where there's a will, there's a way. I Maybe I have to do it. Yeah. And I just gotta roll up into a parking lot of a theater one day, put the tailgate down, Pop out the chairs. People are like, what are you doing, man? I'm tailgating this movie. What movie are you going to see? You know, like, hey, I'm going to see the next. It's probably going to be an Avengers movie. You know, next Avengers movie. And we're eating. We're hanging out. You know, this you guys is want like, something? This is like the film version of Versus. This is a, this is a Versus for film. There now, you go. And you're right. You got to space it out. Because the last yep. thing you want is like a really sad person to walk up into the Marvel, like Avengers tailgate. And then one of the guys dressed up as Captain America says, hey, man, what's wrong with you? He goes, oh, I think I'm early to the Schindler's List tailgate. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) So you don't want that. You don't want those two groups to to, you don't want those two groups to run into each other. You got to spread these movies out. out. You got to spread these tailgates out. Yeah. But it could be cool, man. It could be really fun. You know, like I would totally that, that sounds like a reason to go. Right. Like to get out and about and there's a natural social distancing because the same kind of thing, right? People want to be with their group. Mm-hmm. You tailgate with your crew of people, everyone's around and you get that, that camaraderie, that sense of they're doing this too. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone's having fun, but that could be a really cool thing, man. So, Hey, maybe at some point, you and I just need to be like, you just tailgate a movie and just, just do it. We'll be the first ones, bro. Like, just, just do it. It'll be just us, you know, like, yeah. Dude, we just I'm, do it and then go see a movie. Listen, I'm always down for a tailgate. That's yes, something sir. you should know about me. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Let's talk about other things that are trending right now besides tailgates and sporting <laughs> events and, and theaters. Um, yep. Right now, uh, there's a, a situation on Twitter that caught me in your eye. And we thought, normally, Nick... We would just ignore this. We would. Yeah. We would just, we would bite our tongue. We'd be like, uh, who cares? But in this case, I think it, it, it needs to be said out loud that this is, um, this is a sign of the times, if you will. It is, it is, uh, the, the, the messaging and marketing style of the times. And I think there are people out there that get fooled by it and think that it's real. So Nick, illuminate us on what I'm talking about. Yeah, man, this is, like you said, this is one of those that 
honestly, I could have just forgotten about it, but I guess the, the, the part that kind of got me was like, you know, these things are getting news, right? We talk about the 24 hour news cycle, right? It's like, everything is a news bite, you know, these days and catches people's eyes and then creates controversy and all this stuff. But basically the, the CEO of Disney had said that, you know, Shang-Chi, the film is an interesting experiment for us. Right. And in the context, he was saying that, you know, this is the film that has basically an only a 45 day theatrical window. And it's a data point for Disney. Right. Because they're trying to figure out, like we talked about before, like, what is this model that we want to do? Right. Are we going to do, you know, Disney premiere or Disney plus and, and release it there? Or are we going to go to theatrical? So he made the statement saying it's a, an experiment to kind of figure out this is another data point and how we want to move forward. And then the, you know, star actor Shang-Chi himself, you know, Simo Liu was like, you know, we're not an experiment, right? He put that on Twitter, mm -hmm. right? We are not an experiment. We are the underdog, the underestimated. We are the ceiling breakers. We are the celebration of culture and joy that will persevere after an embattled year. We are the surprise. I'm over here like, wait, wait, wait. He said, we are not an experiment. So first of all, is the CEO of Disney who said this, right? The one who employed him ultimately, right? To have mm -hmm. this job as Shang-Chi. And he's like, nah, bro, CEO of my company, of the company that hired me, we are not an experiment. Like, forget you. Like, what? what? Why are you <laughs> saying, like, why are you attacking this guy? Like, what's that? And, and the thing that I got that I kind of keyed in on was this idea of we. Mm -hmm. You know, we are not an experiment. And, and again, you know, with Bob Chappick, the CEO of Disney, he, he wasn't pointing at people, right? He was talking about the film and this release schedule, right? That's the experiment. So it's like, well, what is he talking about? He says, again, Simo Liu says, we are the underdog, the underestimated. I'm like, wait a second, bro. You're Disney. You're Marvel. <laughs> the underdog? Yeah. You're going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> like, what are you the under? Who is this we? Yeah, you're the bully. Right? Who yeah, who is this we that we're talking about? Yeah, you're the you're the flipping bull in a china shop, right? You're the reason why a uh, hundred. I see what you did there. Uh, you, you know, you're the reason a hundred independent filmmakers can't get their thing seen. You know, right. like you're you're not the underdog. You're not the underdog, dude. And so then he says, "We are the celebration of culture and joy." So then I'm you know trying to peel that back. I'm like, this culture, like, what is what is he talking about? Is he talking about Asian culture here? Is he talking about minority culture, right? Because this is the first Marvel film that the lead will be an Asian character. Mm -hmm. Not the first Disney film, right? Because we just saw Mulan. But, like, this is the first Marvel. So is that what he's talking about? My whole point, though, is, like, what, what is he doing here? What is he playing at? Like, what is the goal? Does he want to be, like, the speaker box for whatever this culture is that he's talking about? Is he just, is this part of the cancel culture stuff that's going on where you can't, like, you can't say anything because anything you say is going to be seen like it's offensive. And I got the right to just come and tell the whole world through Twitter, you offended me, right. you know? And, and then, you know, what's going to happen. You always get the people that are both pro and con, right? So you're going to like, if you look at the comments on Twitter, right? A bunch of people are like me, they're like, Dude, he's talking about the release window. He said it in the comment.
Right. right? So even, and I, you got to get this right, bro. Like, what was his name? Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. always working on that pronunciation, man. It's, you, it's you nailed it. You nailed no, thank it. You Kevin Feige. But even Kevin Feige is coming back and saying like, man, this is a misunderstanding. Like what's happening? But this is my point. Now Kevin Feige has got to come and say something. Right? Like, right. why are we making this a big deal? Why does everybody have to talk? Why am I talking about it? And right, But I'm talking about it because it bothers me. It's like, it shouldn't even be in the conversation, right? But it is. So anyway, like I said, if you go out on Twitter, you'll see some people saying, yeah, this this is not about this, bro. Like, he's not talking about you or the culture or whatever. He's talking about the release window. But you do have those people who have kind of blindly, in my opinion, jumped on the bandwagon and been like, yeah, you know, they, Disney probably thinks Black Panther is an experiment, too, because they had a black character in it. I'm like, oh, my God. Come <laughs> on, man. Like, we we can't be that far gone with this stuff that I, I we have to, to comment on everything. I want to give the listeners and readers a PSA. You are being played. <laughs> this is marketing. Yep. This is like what hip hop artists do. Um, one of the one of the clever things hip hop artists do is they manufacture a beef when they have um, competing release dates. So two artists they're going to come out within a week of each other or on the same release date. They create a beef for no reason. They make it seem like it's real. Then factions get formed. And what ultimately happens is in order for people to stay up with the beef, they kind of have to buy both artists albums. This was famous. Well, at least they done. support their own. Right. But, the, with, but but no, they need to know what the diss is. Right. Right. So you look at like how Pusha T and Drake had a, had a, had a sort of a beef. I'm not saying that was fake, but you had to listen to the Drake song and the Pusha T song. Keep following along. Um, 50 Cent and Kanye famously did this where they sort of had a, an open sort of competition around sales where 50 Cent said, if Kanye outsells me, I'll quit hip hop forever. Right. Um, and you just know off the bat, like, that's not going to be. Yeah, but this, this but, is but internal. People believe it. All right. And that's the part that's troubling me because I had the same thought. I was like, is this a clever marketing ploy by Disney and Marvel to create some additional noise around the film? It, but it's internal, right? Like he, it'd be yeah. different if someone else, like if they had manufactured someone else to make a comment it's, about it's, the culture it's such or a something, stretch, you know? though, Nick, like it has to be fake. It's such a stretch. It is to, for, for, um, to take what, what Bob Chappick said, and uh, reformulate that into some comment about disparaging Asian culture or a culture in general, or a culture in general, like, right. Like that is so, I went to an Italian restaurant on Sunday and I asked for half of it to be cheese and the other half to be, the veggie supreme add pineapples. When the pizza came out, one half of it was cheese, cheese and pineapples, and uh, and uh, no cheese regular. I think okay. the other half had no cheese. 
<laughs> so, so the mental gymnastics they had to go through to 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 decide that that <laughs> that oh he only wants half the pizza to have cheese. That's Instead awesome. of half the pizza be a cheese pizza, another half be just a pizza with vegetables on it, a regular pizza. So right. here's this dry ass naked half of this pizza with all these vegetables on the it. Vegetables. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I hate to do this to you. You got to send this back and have them remake this. None of, yeah. none of this is correct. Right. That's awesome. I want to say the cheese part was incorrect as well. Like it wasn't just a cheese pizza, but I can't remember. But it was like, that's what this reminds me of. Like the like, where are you at? If this is real, where are you at mentally? Where you have to, where you where, where you misunderstand something that's so obvious. But that that's the thing is, and that's I'm with you. So that's the thing I'm struggling with here. It's like, did he, again? And it's it's odd because his stage, his platform is so big to have such a a misunderstanding or whatever this is. So. Either way, it's just messed up. Like if it's a misunderstanding, it's messed up. If he was just opportunistic, right? If he's like waiting for someone to say something and right, like how can I twist this, right? To be the the speaker box for the culture, right? So everybody's going to look to me now, you know, it's like, how can I, and he found it. Mm -hmm. It's so whack. Like it's just so messed up. It doesn't add up at all, but he used it right? To create this platform. Maybe it's that. But then it's like you said earlier, what if it's marketing? Yeah. It's all just messed up, you know? It's like, And I guess all of it meets its intent, regardless of whichever it was, because I'm having this conversation about it, right? right. And my talking about it means I'm talking about Shang-Chi, the movie, you know? So maybe I am getting played. But maybe that's another thing for me to be mad about. Right. Is that they're using this type of clickbaity stuff to get us to talk about this stuff. But there, it's just but there again, it's like we talked about before. It's like manipulating people in the process. Yeah. It, right. It, Which there, is, there are real yeah. people that are going to take action on this and yeah. And, you know, make a sign or like exactly a um, boycott, you know, boycott. The film. And it's just there was a just bothers me. A great interview with the singer Sia. Do you know Sia? Yeah. Yep fantastic singer songwriter and she was being interviewed and she made a comment and it was just the interviewer never stopped to, to follow up on this question, but I thought it was the most poignant thing she said the entire hour plus interview, which was all pop music is indoctrination. That's what she said. She said all pop music is indoctrination anyway, something like that to that effect. And I think that this stuff happens more than the general public really realizes. It's like you get fed things on purpose all the time that you think is real and then it's not real. People ask me, what's the number one thing I need to know from a journalism guy, from a journalism major, I, I major in journalism, about reading the news. I said, the first thing you need to know is why are you, why did the algorithm send this story to you? Right. Why did you get this? Second is why did they write it? They could have written a hundred things, but they wrote this. Why did this need to be written? 
and sent to you. And then the third thing is the frame. What is the framing of it? So to me, this is like the, the Kevin Hart, Don Cheadle thing that was trending a day or two ago. If you just watched the clip they provided you, where did That's the clip right. come from? Yep. Why does it stop where it stops? Why does it start where it starts? Okay. Then you think Don Cheadle is really upset at Kevin Hart. If you watch the entire interview, you realize that's not the case at all. It's a great mm-hmm. interview, by the way. Highly recommend it. Kevin Hart, Don Cheadle, hilarious, great stuff. I learned so much about Don Cheadle, and I'm a huge fan of his. So I'd say go watch that after you listen to this conversation. So uh, <laughs> speaking of this conversation, Nick, it's been a blast. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> this has been good. Yeah, always, man, always. But, yeah, I think that's a it's a warning sign. I just want to put that out there. It's like... Yeah, be careful, you know, what people are saying and what you're reading and and the interpretation of it. You know, this is, to me, a throwaway, right? I'm mentioning it because of that, right? And like you said, there's other stuff like this. Like, don't, don't get invested in this type of stuff. It's noise, right? And it's going to go away, right? But it's, it's noise and don't let it, you know, don't go down the rabbit hole with this of, now thinking that someone is, you know, now saying something about someone's culture, right? Something negative and, you know, it's just, just noise, let it go. Let's not, let's not do this type of stuff again. Yeah. I think it's a great place for us to wrap. I mean, you just have to ask yourself, why is it trending? Yep. And am I the mark? You know, if you can't find the mark, (laughs) You know, you in a poker game, then the mark is you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of, kind of the, the thing, right? So I think that's a wonderful place for us to stop. Nick, like I said, another great conversation. Um, let's talk about where people can engage with us. Because there are a myriad of ways to do it. First of all, I'd say email. Contact at bonsai.film. That's, that's the first place, Nick. Contact at bonsai.film for questions and comments. Reach out to us. We will get back to you right away. Thank you to everyone for all the engagement uh, up to this point. And and always, uh, we really appreciate it. You can also reach out to us on social at underscore bonsai creative. So you can now reach out to us uh, in a few new places. You can also find us on TikTok and on LinkedIn. So just search for bonsai creative and we'll come right up. Same with Facebook, just search for Bonsai Creative, or you could search for Bonsai Creative Enterprises, which is our formal full name, and we'll come right up on Facebook. Let's say you wanted to just reach out to Nick and you have a, a an opposite take of his take that he just had, and you wanted to discuss that with him. You could you could discuss it with him, and you could do that at Nick at bonsai.film. So email him at nick at bonsai.film with comments, questions. If you want to reach out to me, I like doing it on Twitter because I like the conversational style of that. And you can find me on Twitter at flame in your heart, or you can just type in Christopher Barkley, I believe at this point, and I will come right up. I'll be the guy in the trench coat looking like a black Dick Tracy. And, uh, and, Last or last but not least, and maybe it won't be last, but definitely not least, is our website, www.bonsai.film. Please visit that. There you'll find a variety of resources uh, from every podcast episode we've done to all of our blog posts 
to uh, all of our services and ways we can help you make the best possible film you can make. Um, we're just so interested and so passionate and, and have you know, totally two feet in on independent creatives, independent filmmakers making their best possible work and having the best possible success. We spend all day thinking about what's the next moonshot we can try to help independent filmmakers succeed. So definitely go to www.bonsai.film and check us out there. Uh, Nick, did I leave anything out? Oh, rate and review. Got to get those. Thank you to everyone who has been putting in those rate and reviews. It means the world to us. Numbers are going up. We need to keep going up. Like I said, we're on a mission to be a top 10 film podcast. Help us out by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a review if you can. If you want to leave us five stars, that that takes three seconds. Uh, if you if you want to write a review, that might take 30 seconds, but it's still not a very big time commitment. So if you love what we're doing, please go rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, you can also support us uh, at bonsai.film forward slash true fan and uh, contribute to this podcast. Contributions start at just five dollars. That's just the co- uh, cost of a cup of coffee, Nick, as it turns or less. Out. Yeah, or less or less or less. So keep this thing going. Keep it afloat. We're supporting you. Please support us and uh, we'll make this whole thing work out. So with that, again, that's just a giant mouthful of information <laughs> to share. Uh, Nick, send us off with the credo. Yeah, man, as always, you know, be better, be creative, and be engaged. And thank you for listening. Nick, this has been a blast. Yes, sir. Always, man, for sure. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Take it easy. All right, peace. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute contributions start at only five dollars monthly you can follow us on instagram and twitter at underscore bonsai creative and on facebook by searching for bonsai creative you can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film and you can follow me chris on twitter at flaming your heart that's f-l-a-m-e-i-n-u-r-h-e-a-r-t and of course if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening. <laughs>